0: Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process, we talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us, so let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Authors Who Lead. I am Asul Theronis, your host, and today I'm going to talk to you about what do you do when you find yourself stuck in a rut in anything you're doing creative. Of course, this is about books and authorship, but it could be around marketing. It could be around getting your book out to the masses. It could be continuing to grow your business based on your book or getting a new speaking gig. So many times we can get stuck in our head about the action we need to take, or we can turn to other people to wonder, what should I do? Tell me what action to take. And oftentimes it's not the action you take or what direction you go. It's the fact that you're taking that small step and small steps are actually the best way to go anywhere. Because the truth is, if you're walking a thousand miles, you could only ever take a single step at a time. So stop thinking about the 11th hour or the 400th mile or whatever. Just worry about what's my next step. I want you to understand something. If you're doing something creative or anything that involves forward motion, creating something from nothing, you're always going to be faced with resistance. As Stephen Pressfield talks about in The War of Art, resistance can come in multiple forms. But when you're writing a book, one of the biggest points of resistance is that you are stuck. And resistance is combated best if you can overcome the status quo. I want you to think for a minute about something. Status quo meaning keeping things exactly as they are, right? You're not going forward. You're not going backwards. Focusing on the status quo can really be detrimental to your work because staying where you are is not ideal, right? If you're trying to complete something or take a new step, the status quo is the opposite of what you want. You don't want to be where you are in a year from now or even a month from now. But I wanna suggest that it might take you just as long, just as much time to take effort to staying in the status quo than it would be to just take another step. Let me give you some examples to illustrate this. So I'm really lucky. Not only do I help authors write books and run a publishing company with my partner and husband Steve, Mandala Tree Press, which is a press of ours, another imprint that we have. So there's lots of moving parts to our business, but I also help creatives, entrepreneurs, actors, comedians, writers that are writing scripts stay in their place of flow. And one of the ways you can get out of flow is to be overthinking things. Status quo is a form of overthinking, but on autopilot, meaning it's so much easier to stay where you are because it's comfortable, right? It takes just as much energy to stay in the status quo, keeping something balanced in the middle as it does to just take a small action. So you're burning a lot more energy and time and effort trying to keep things balanced or in harmony with where you've always been doing exactly what you're doing to achieve what you want than it would be to just take a small action outside of the status quo. Now, what, let me give you an example. Sometimes in, in our work, we could repeat what we did yesterday because it worked yesterday. Because that's how we got the last book out of us, or that's how we did the last thing. But if you continually think that doing it the way you've done it always before will reduce, produce the same results, or unfortunately, if it isn't producing the results, keep, keeping at it or doing more of it won't necessarily bring you more results. So in writing a book, if you've been stuck a long time and you get up every morning at five to write and you still can't write, then maybe it's, there's something to shift there. Don't do the same thing. I encourage people to think about the small things. The small things produce the long-term results and stepping out of the lane of the status quo, meaning what you're doing right now that you've done yesterday, the day before, if you keep doing that, you're going to continue to produce the same result. Now, my dear friend, and he's been on this podcast before, Richie Norton, who's written several books that I love. The Art of Starting Something Soup is one of my favorite books. He also wrote Anti-Tam Management. But one of the things he shares in those books is a quote from Stephen Covey, one of his mentors, was I believe it was Stephen Covey. I don't want to quote it wrong. I'm pretty sure that's where he had the conversation with, where he was worried when he was young that he didn't have enough experience to do the things in business he wanted to do. And what Mr. Covey or this person talked to him about said, look, you might have, somebody might have 20 years of experience, but the truth really is they might have one year of experience they've repeated. 20 times. That's what happens when you do status quo work. You stay in the same lane. It worked before. This is how I do things. You ever meet someone, you're like, hey, can we go this way? Oh, no, this is how I do it. This is how I fold the laundry. This is how I go here. And we have a really strong reason. But when you're doing something creative, you can't stay in that strict reasoning, especially if you do something like creative business, because what worked last year doesn't work this year. What worked before the pandemic didn't work during. And what's happened after the pandemic may not be working. So when you have a creative endeavor, you want to make sure you challenge the status quo. And that might mean something very small. And it doesn't have to be really focused on maybe writing a book. It could be, hey, why don't you take a different route home today and just observe the difference. Maybe you shop at a different grocery store because it's just a way of seeing things differently. So many people go to the same store because they know where to, they know where everything is, I know how it works, and that's true. But staying in the groove Just to keep it the same is one of the things that can hold you back. Let me share a lesson that I've tried to teach my students when I used to be in the classroom. One day when the students came in, I had heard about this activity that you handed every single student a paperclip. And there was no directions on the board. I just said, come on in. I said, you have exactly 45 minutes to trade this paperclip for something else. And I stood there and waited. And they're like, what do we trade it for? I said, it doesn't matter. It's up to you. I just want you to trade it for something else. And I go, think of it like a trading up. Like you want to turn it in and get something a little bit better. They're like, oh, okay. Then they waited and they waited. They're waiting for more instructions, what to do next. But I didn't say anything. About 10 seconds into that waiting, two students got up and took off the, out the door, out of the classroom. And what was amazing about that is students looked around at each other going, where do they go? And I said, I don't know where they went. Several more students got up and took off. Still, a majority of the class sat there trying to talk about what they would do, what they could trade for. Before even those other students had left the classroom, those two original students came back and said, I have a trade up. I got a pen. Another one said, I got a backpack. And the students started fleeing from the classroom. They kept trading things, bigger things. One student came back and goes, Can I trade the pen for something else? I was like, Of course, if that's what you want to do. They started trading up the thing they traded in the beginning. And eventually someone came in and said, I have the keys to the principal's car. I got a car. I traded this paperclip for a car. <laughs> and I thought, great. And I brought him down to debrief. And what I realized is the people that stuck, that worried more about how they were going to do things and what to do, ended up having so little time to take action that by the time momentum was going, they were only barely getting started. When in fact, what they really realized is there's no right way to do this. I didn't give directions. I wasn't saying this is how. You have to take those initial steps. Everybody has a paperclip in their arsenal, meaning you all have something to give of value. It may not be a lot at the moment. It may not seem like much, but you have it. Even if you're thinking about marketing your book, you maybe don't have a ton, you don't have a big audience, but maybe you have charisma. Maybe you're able to speak. Maybe you're very theatrical and you perform. Who knows, but you have paperclips everywhere in your life. Things that you have of value that are being able to trade up. Don't think of the entirety of your work, the book, the marketing. Think of what's the next little step. What can I do that's so small that would allow me to have another opportunity next? The other thing is that this is about getting out of your comfort zone. Oftentimes we try to do things with the way we've always done things because they feel safe, comfortable. Another thing I would do with my students to push them out of their comfort zone, I'd ask them to call a restaurant and ask for directions on how to make a baked potato. And they were often like, why would I do that? <laughs> like, why would I trade up? Well, what if I know how to make b- baked potatoes? I said, it's okay, but I want you to call a restaurant and ask them and get them to tell you how to make a baked potato. So again, some of the kids took off right away and got, I said, can we use our cell phone? I'm like, sure. In school, I'm like, yes. And someone's like, can I use the phone here? Yes, you could use the one in my office. They're like, Awesome. And then they started looking up restaurants. Some of them spent all the time looking up restaurants and looking at their menu to see if they had baked potatoes. One student just said, can I call Domino's? (laughs) Very well. Yeah, of course. I knew very well they don't sell baked potatoes, but they were the very first one to get an answer. They're like, I got it. I got the directions right here, how to make a baked potato. The satisfaction on their face, because one, they didn't take time. They didn't overthink it. They called a place that didn't even have baked potatoes and got someone to say yes and Some of those other people that research restaurants with baked potatoes on their menu called and said, I'm sorry, we we don't have time to help you. So it's all about don't make an anticipation about what will work or how it works or what you should be doing, because overthinking is the biggest problem that we have as creators, thinking there should be done this way or that way. And if you let go of that belief, you'll start to take more action. You'll start to to overcome the smallest things by not doing what you did last year to launch your book. Or last time you tried to write a book. Or the last time you tried to come up with a good idea for marketing your book. If you got one result and it wasn't what you wanted, please do not do that again. Try anything else. Try trading up. Try doing something that might surprise you. Again, it takes more effort to stay in the status quo because now you're dealing with not going backwards and not going forward, but trying to stay in the middle. Have you ever tried to balance yourself on a log? (laughs) Maybe you haven't. Seems like... No brainer, a log just in the water floating. When I was in summer camp, I used to, they used to have log log rolling competitions. And the people that really tried really hard to move quickly, they're the ones that end up falling in because the goal isn't to make effort. It's try to stay stay moving where the log wants to go naturally and not try to overcompensate. It's funny that it shouldn't be so hard to stand still on a log. But the truth is it takes effort to keep things steady and still and in one place without moving. And I'm trying to convince you it takes more effort to stay still and status quo doing the same thing that you did yesterday than it would be to take a small action in a totally different space. Maybe that means if you're a writer, don't write in the computer where you do work if you're getting stuck and you keep checking emails for work. Maybe you don't write in your computer at all. Maybe you start with writing in notes on your phone. I've had an author who just finished her book Using Her Phone. (laughs) <laughs> because she got stuck every time she got on the computer. She typed her entire book on her phone. I wrote my first book longhand in a journal and then typed it. Maybe you just need to find a different location in the house. Maybe a different drink that you have as a reward. Or maybe you go to a coffee shop. All these small little things are ways to move away from the status quo. Now, if the status quo worked for you last year, and you want to repeat what you had last year. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm just trying to encourage you is that sometimes we get stuck in spending energy trying to keep things the same when you could be spending less energy doing things different. Now, I really want to encourage you that if you're stuck in your writing, you've been thinking about writing or you've tried to write, but you just can't finish. Or if it's been years that you've been writing a book. And I understand because I do have books that have taken me longer to write. More than likely you're getting stuck because you keep returning and repeating the same habits you have every day. Like writing habits that can be the same, or calling it writing when you're actually researching, looking up things, or calling it writing when you're actually editing. Those aren't writing habits. Those are different habits, but we've come to use them as our tool. Like This is what writing looks like to me. What if you only counted writing as the words on a page, and you only counted writing if you weren't thinking? You're only doing the work of writing. Then writing might improve. It might increase. It might get easier. But if you stay in the same pattern, you may never know. So I hope this helps you if you're thinking about getting stuck. And one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast about getting unstuck is one of our participants on our five-day writing challenge, which was an outstanding, I got so much out of even being the leader of it, was maybe it'd be helpful if you provided us a meditation, like some way to get in the zone, some way to get focused. So that's what we're going to do here for just a few minutes. Now, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes (laughs) or operating some machinery or trying to cook. Meditation isn't always about closing your eyes, it's about being in a mindful space. But if you are in a place where you can sit somewhere where you can feel your feet on the floor, or if you're sitting on the floor that you can feel the floor, maybe you need a cushion. Find a place that's comfortable, but not some place like a lounger where you'll fall asleep. Just get comfortable, be seated. If you're sitting in the car cuz you're waiting for somebody, that's fine, but just be in peace. The first thing I want you to do before we start this simple meditation is I want you to be aware of what's around you. What do you see? What do you hear? Are there any smells, sounds that that are the ticking of a clock or the sound of the air? Start to get acquainted with your environment. And once you've done that, you start to realize there's things around you. Don't try to block them out. Just be aware that they're there. I also want you to be aware of your breath. Now, thankfully, our bodies, without effort, breathe for us. We don't have to consciously breathe. We can go to sleep and our bodies still breathe. But I want you to do some conscious breathing. I want you to slowly take some deep breaths. Slowly taking all the air in and then slowly releasing it. Each breath you can take in deeply. Observe the breath going in. I like to even visualize as if it were a cold day. You know, how the air is cold and you can see your breath. Just imagine that you could see both the air going in and out. Just be conscious of your breathing, where it fills your lungs down into your belly, and then release it. Just be aware of your breath. Be aware that you are breathing. How amazing it is that you can breathe in and out. That you can even observe it, that you're breathing. And if any thought comes up, in your mind about, oh my gosh, the laundry's not done, or I only have five more minutes before I have to get the kids. Whatever thought comes up, don't try to stop it from happening. Just observe it. And as you're observing these thoughts, don't try to react to them. Don't try to respond to them. Don't try to even change them. Just be aware of them. Because a lot of times we are not aware that we're having thoughts because we get consumed in them and we think we are our thoughts. But really, your thoughts just happen And you're just an observer. There's no action to take. There's no doing that needs to happen. Just be aware. Because in that awareness space is where you start to find yourself still. Getting still is really important because most of our worry and anxiety comes from thoughts. We worry about what we have to do today. What we didn't do yesterday. So all worry is in the past. And attention to the future. What will happen if I don't pay this bill? What will happen if I don't have that difficult conversation? But in this present moment, there are none of those worries because you're only sitting here watching your breaths, observing your thoughts. And as you observe your thoughts, and as you become keenly aware, just noticing them. I want you to realize half the reason why we struggle with writing is because we're living in our mind. We're not writing as much as we're thinking and then producing thinking into writing. And I want to encourage you, to let go of thinking. Don't attach to it. Don't think that writing is thinking because it's not. Thinking is one act. Processing thinking. Writing is another. And if you always just think before you write, now you're doing two separate things and no wonder it's exhausting. No wonder you're tired and you have a hard time getting any words on the page. So at this moment, just tell yourself, oh, there's no thinking involved here. Even when I sit to write, I don't have to think. I will just put words on the page and it will reveal itself. So just be it still. Be an observation of your thoughts. Your thoughts will distract you from writing. They might even distract you from here, but just observe that you're having thoughts. And if you ever wonder, how do I know if I'm having thoughts? I feel like I'm always having thoughts. Then I want you to ask yourself this simple question. I wonder what my next thought will be. And then just wait. Observe what comes. And if nothing comes, pose the question again. I wonder what my next thought will be now. And wait and observe. Make a game of being observant of your thoughts instead of being in them. Don't be a solver right now. Be in stillness. Be aware. I wonder what thought will come next. And then watch. And when a thought arises, you can see it. But then pose the question again. I wonder what my next thought will be. The reason you're quieting your mind is because you want to be able to be in a state of what most people call flow. And flow is a reduced amount of resistance to doing the work. In this case, doing the work of a writer. The the less amount of resistance you create by your mind, the easier writing will become. But thinking is how we usually get trained to write. And I want to encourage you that writing is the activity. It isn't thinking first and then writing. So as you sit here just breathing, I want you to just feel your feet on the floor if you're sitting in a chair. Set your hands on your knees or in your lap and just feel the energy there. Just be observant that you're here. Don't try to fix. You're not fixing anything. You're not changing anything. You're not correcting it. You're not trying to be anywhere but here. Breathing. Slowly, deeply. If it helps, you can count those breaths. Don't worry if you miscount. You might be counting from 1 to 10. If you get to 10, great, start over. If you get lost, start over. It doesn't matter what number you're on. Just try to keep focused on the breathing. Breathing helps slow down your body systems and will also help you reduce your thinking. Help you be right where you need to be. Right where you need to take action. The smallest action possible. And in this case, it's just to be. Use these meditative times when you, before you write to get focused, to get clear about your goals. So when you're done with this meditation, return to your work. Return to the effort that you have to do in your book, but don't get consumed by your thoughts. I'm so grateful that you're here. I know it seems like sometimes writing can be a challenge. You wonder how all these authors are putting out books, it must've been easy for them, it's so hard for me. The truth is, I don't think it's easy for anyone. I've never helped an author to so said, these books are so easy. Sometimes it's easier for others or a certain book was easier than another book, but don't think that somehow there's some magic recipe here. You can do this. If it's not working, Try a different plan. Take something totally different. Try that. Be observant in a different way. But don't think for a minute that you overthinking things will solve this problem. You got this. Just be in here. Don't try to stay with the status quo. Try changing things up if it doesn't seem to be bringing you joy or helping your writing process. I'm so grateful that you're here if you're listening and if you're watching. I want to encourage you that if you've been thinking about a write a book, it's time. You know it's time. You've had it on your mind for a while. You've talked about it. You've maybe shared with other people you've been thinking about it. And Maybe even been reading books or taking courses and still haven't finished. More than likely, what's keeping you from writing isn't the idea for a book or that you can't write. It's all these other things, all these other blockers. And I want you to join us. We have an amazing community. If you go to authorswholead.com and you go to our community programs, there's a There's plenty of programs. And our Author Apprentice program, which currently is $90 for 90 days. You can try out our community. You can join us and really take action. And I hope to see you inside. Thank you for listening to another episode of Authors Who Lead. I'm Asul Taronis. We appreciate you. Please subscribe so you can get the notification that we have new episodes every week. And go to authorswholead.com. To learn about our show notes and all of our backlists of amazing authors we've interviewed since the beginning of this podcast. Thank you and have an amazing day.